<laughs> because had I not known, I think I would have just dropped out or I would have just not continued or pursued the dream, I guess. Hey, I'm Melina. And essentially, this is a one-woman show about a girl finding her way called Don't Forget Your Lipstick. It's not about makeup, nope. And it's not only about love or only centered towards love and relationships, but more about how young women can learn to love themselves. New episodes every Monday, by the way, perfect to start your week. Now, in this episode, you will be learning about how to get out of your comfort comfort zone, knowing your worth and accepting all the no's and turning them into yeses and how my passion for storytelling all started. I was asked by my university if I would be willing to share my journalism journey to a group of 80 first year students. I hesitated at first because the media is getting a bad rep, especially right now during COVID-19, but also because I wasn't sure I'd be the right person to talk about what I think about journalism and where I think journalism altogether is headed. But of course, I am a firm believer of saying yes to every opportunity. So here's what I told them. And by the way, we did this all over Zoom. Of course, there's an ongoing pandemic. We are all trying to limit our social gatherings and we're all respecting social distancing right now. So this was all done virtually. But here's what I said. My name is Melina Jubilaro, and yes, I am currently a video journalist for City News Montreal. Um, and I will admit that um, when Concordia did approach me to do this, I uh, I wanted to run. <laughs> I, just, I wasn't sure how I would come to you and speak to you and reassure you that we do need you, <laughs> but yet tell you the truth. But I, I guess I'll start with my journey because this is what I tell people all the time. You can never compare your day one to someone's day 100. And this is absolutely true in this field. I remember when I was studying in journalism at J school, um, all my friends, right? My girlfriends or even my guy friends, they'd be studying like John Molson marketing or teaching or psychology. And it was very easy for them to automatically tell themselves, well, when I graduate, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be, I'm going to own a business. I'm going, it was very specific, right? Whereas journalism is very, very up in the air. But also um, what I can say is that due to COVID, I think everyone is up in the air. So don't be scared because we're all kind of sort of navigating this crazy new world. And um, I think what we've all learned is that no matter what you study, you never know what will happen 10 years down the road, right? So be willing to allow yourself to go on a journey. That's all I'm gonna say, because I wanna share my journey because I have to say it's, I had to write it down because I didn't wanna forget anything. But um, what I will say is that I, I don't know your story. I don't know why you decided to go into journalism, but I will tell you how I started. 
um, and why I decided to go to J school. So it all started back when I was at Dawson College and I originally thought that after high school I really like languages and I wanted to be a translator and I wanted to meet people and that was sort of my kind of reasoning behind going to Dawson College and studying a bunch of languages and uh, linguistics and whatnot. And so I started my first year at Dawson and I, this is really random, but this is exactly what happened. It was, I think it was like finals and we're all, we're all crammed up in the library. I don't know if any of you went to Dawson and there was one desk left and the desk was dirty and filled with a bunch of newspapers. And I was like, what is this? And I was like, what is this mess? And I cleaned it all up. And then I ended up seeing in the newspaper it, there was an ad, and I don't know if any of you went to Dawson, but Dawson had a school newspaper, and the ad said, if you write for the newspaper, you automatically get credits, and you eliminate two English classes. And I hated school, and I was like, I want to do this. And then everyone was like, we're going to go to J school. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tag along, and I'll go to J school too. And so I kind of dropped linguistics and languages and everything I thought I would be, and I was like, I'm going to go to journalism school. And so I got to journalism school and my first week, so you guys are on week three, but my first week we were obviously in the, in, in class at Loyola campus and our teachers were very, very harsh. You know what they did tell us, and I will tell you the same thing. And I think that's kind of why my journey went like this. Um, they did say, if you are not willing to sacrifice your life a little, if you really rely on sleeping in on Sunday mornings, then this, you're not in the right place. And if you think that doing television and radio is about makeup and looking pretty, you're definitely not in the right place. So we were all there like, what do you mean? Television is all about the free makeup. <laughs> it's not, okay? So I'm gonna tell you the same thing. So really, and it has changed obviously with COVID, but journalism, and I like to say this to a lot of people, first of all, I don't believe it's a career. I think it's a passion. And so you don't do it for the money and you're not doing it for the makeup and you're not doing it for the fame, okay? Because you're not famous, okay? You're not. <laughs> you're not a celebrity and you're not an influencer, okay? Um, you do it because you have a passion for storytelling. And I had to learn that the hard way because I had to do a bunch of jobs. I had to move. That was another thing they told us. They said, if you're not ready to move and leave Montreal for a couple of years, you're not in the right place, okay? I don't want to scare anyone. It might change because of COVID because we're all doing the social distancing and we're all doing Zooms. But this is what it was. And so I kind of always had that in the back of my mind which is why I think I'm actually thankful that my teachers did tell me this early on because had I not known, I think I would have just, I would have dropped out or I would have just not continued or pursued the dream, I guess, right? So I started interning at CJD as a researcher for two shows back then. They don't exist anymore. And what a researcher does, um, you're basically pitching story ideas. And I'm gonna be honest, I think they hated all of my ideas. And I remember just being there like, oh my God, like what am I supposed to pitch? Like, what am I supposed to? And it was always very, you know, daily news segments right so it had to, you had to know what was going on in the day I researched there for three months and one of my professors who I didn't know still at um, Concordia Wayne Larson did say that if after three months 
they do not want to pay you, you need to leave. And I, um, that's what I did. So after three months, I told them, I said, hey, I've been here for three months. Do you think there's something for me here? And they'd be like, oh no, like there are no openings. I'd be like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> so I left and it sounds really easy. It's not, but then what I, you know, what I realized is that they're just gonna replace me with another person who wants to intern for free for three months. So let them do that, but I'm gonna do something else. My second year, I went to school. I didn't do any, again, I was writing for the Concordian or the Link. And then I noticed how, you know, school is great and all, but I, this wasn't, I wasn't doing enough television like I would have hoped. And every time I tried to intern, let's say at CTV or at CBC, the interning position would be to like serve coffee. And I was like, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, I love the Devil Wears Prada movie, but that's not my jam. Like I'm not gonna serve coffee. So I didn't do it. So then what I did was, I went online and I found an internship in Mongolia for a TV reporter job, an internship for six weeks over the summer. And I decided I'm going to do it because I need experience. I was that girl who was like, how can I fill up my CV? Each line needs to have something. I need to show that I did this, this, and then from this, I went there and there. And I need to show that I want to do this. I went to Mongolia and I didn't realize how far Mongolia was until I had my plane ticket in my hands and it was like 20 hours away. Uh, and Mongolia is between Russia and China. And so I get to Mongolia. <laughs> my parents, by the way, did not agree to any of this, okay? But I still did it. <laughs> um, so I went to Mongolia for six weeks. And this was, so Mongolia, I think they had like 30 to 40 TV stations. And so when you'd go to a press conference, you'd be bombarded <laughs> with a bunch of cameras and tele. But very big um, TV place, but because they, they um, I guess their revenues are based off like um, politics. So you'd have like a more liberal station, a more communist station, right? And I was working for a liberal station who um, had an English, I guess, English show newscast on the weekends for tourists. So we were doing news. So I was with a bunch of other travelers, backpackers from England, Australia, everyone who spoke English. And we would, throughout the week, cover stories that we could actually cover because we don't speak the language. And we'd interview tourists, right? So we went to like, never gonna forget this, the, the, the presidential inauguration in Mongolia. And we were all there and we're like, oh my God, we're doing this. And so we covered the whole event and we just met a bunch of tourists and we're like, hey, what do you think of this? And then we created a story out of it. And then that aired on the weekend, right? And we did it all in English. So after Mongolia came back, went to, did my third year, and then I landed on this online sort of women's sort of entrepreneur um, love and relationships magazines based out, based out in Toronto, but they're looking for a bunch of people that could work for them, but everything we do is online. And I thought, that's cool. How are they doing that? How are they publishing an online magazine, making revenue off of this, and everyone's at home? And I don't even have to go to Toronto, I'm doing this in Montreal. And I remember I had asked Concordia because at this point, by the way, none of my internships got credited at Concordia. They just, they didn't credit my internship. So I was just doing this apart from working and studying, right? I remember asking them, hey, look, I'm gonna do this online thing. Do you think you could credit me? Cause this is cool. And we're not even showing this in the program. We're not talking about how we can do online stuff. So I think you should credit me. And they were like, no, we actually do believe that you need to be in a newsroom to really fully understand what journalism is about. I remember getting this. Okay, we're talking about 2012. 
And this is what I got, but I still did it. So I did this online magazine. And again, I'm a news girl and I had to start writing about like dating, love relationships, but this was based off of not my experiences, but we had psychologists and I would have to transcribe kind of what they were like a discussion that they had and turn it into a blog post and then how to write it or how to write a title for Facebook, for Twitter. So that was a super great experience. I think I did that for three, four months again while I was at Concordia. So did that. And then I graduated and uh, got no jobs, <laughs> just got no jobs in Montreal. And then my part-time gig that I was still working at shut its doors. I was unemployed. I was 24 and unemployed and I was like what like <laughs> my parents thought I was a disgrace like how could you be unemployed at 24 years old lost my job didn't have a journalism job and this I have to say I never thought about it while I was at Concordia I was always thinking of cities never thought about regions never thought about small towns right I remember speaking to this counselor and she's like, what if you work for like in a region? Like, what if you go to like Bas Saint Laurent or like you go to Gaspésie? And I was like, work in French? And she was like, yeah, like you speak French. So I said, yes, I'm fluid in French. I studied in French before Dawson, but I don't, Bas Saint Laurent, where is that? I had no idea. I was like, a Montrealer born and raised and I thought Mont-Tremblant was far, right? I was like, that's far, that's as far as I'm gonna go. And so the government will actually pay you students to go and visit these regions because they are, are trying to populate them. They want young people to go live in these regions, okay? So the government paid me to stay a week. And so at the time, it was Abitibiti Miskamang had a couple of opportunities for me. They had a local newspaper and a community, sort of like a CUTV television station. So then the government paid me to go one week in Abitibi and it was sort of like a tourism thing. Like a tr they were trying to attract me. They wanted me to come live there. And at the same time, I had these two interviews. So I went, it was all paid for. I said, well, I have nothing to lose. I don't have a job. I'm gonna go. So I went to Abitibi in the month of March and got to meet a bunch of young people who moved there, sort of the same situation, right? They're nurses or whatnot, or they're coming from France and they couldn't get a job in Montreal and they're all like, they all moved to ABTB. Took this luxurious plane ride, went with my Sorel boots and my winter jacket and froze for a week because it was that cold. Just met a bunch of cool people and they made it to a bunch of cool activities and then got these two, um, these two jobs that I went to go visit. And um, the newspaper literally told me I had too much experience and they were not gonna hire me. Okay, cause this is a small run newspaper and they're like, sorry, like you're just, you have too much experience. And I said, how do I have too much experience in a region and then have not enough in Montreal? Like this is ridiculous. The community television was like, oh, this is free. And I said, I'm not moving here for free. So they both flopped. It was a flop, but I enjoyed the place and I met some cool people. I, you know, we exchanged Facebook. And I was like, hey, this was cool. This was a cool week. And I came back home and I was like, I still don't have a job. And then a week later, kid you not, and this is what happens when you go to a small region, I get the director of a small radio station there contact me saying, hey, I heard that this reporter came here for a week and is looking for a job and I wasn't even aware. And I was like, oh yes, I'm looking for a job and whatnot. He said, hey, send me a demo. I send him a demo. He said, hey, look, I'd love to meet you. When can we meet? And I had just gotten back from there. And I said, I don't want to go back there. He's like, no, I don't believe in Skype and all that, the, that stuff. Like, I'm not going to do that. You have to come here. And I was like, oh my God, but I was just there. So I kid you not. He said, I'd love to meet you this week. And so I said, I could be there Saturday morning. This was maybe Thursday. I was there Saturday morning. I took a 12 hour bus ride that probably cost me like 
$400 because those are the prices that I paid out of my pocket and I went to meet this guy. It was a Saturday morning, I get there at like 8 a.m. I had my interview with him at like 11 and I'm like, I'm exhausted, right? I just took this bus that I, you know, um, and my friends came to pick me up and they said, you could sleep here over the weekend, like no worries and go to your interview. Went to the interview and he hired me on the spot because he literally did not even expect me to show up. Okay, he was like, I cannot believe you're here. And I said, well, yeah, we said Saturday. He's like, yeah, but that was like 24 hours ago. I said, well, I'm serious. I wanna work. And so he said, okay. He said, I can see that you're very serious. And so I sucked, <laughs> okay? And he was like, but I'm gonna coach you. Okay, fine. So I worked in French, but never did French. Never even thought about working in French. Got this radio gig and I went there and I kid you not, I drove there. I had my car, I drove, it was a 10 hour drive. I drove there and all I had with me was an inflatable bed, because it was like, I'm only going there for three months. Inflatable bed and some clothes, some summer clothes that I stuffed in a bag. You know those bags where you vacuum pack them and they, they suck up all your clothes? That's how I went there. And I slept on my friend's couches. Like these are people that I randomly met that week, right? That week that I went there and they were like trying to attract me to go there. I worked there for three months and then he later on said, hey, want to work here for a year? And I said, sure, let's do this for a year. I ended up working there for two years. I kind of got not tired of radio, but I felt like, okay, I did this for two years and three months. I felt like I was comfortable and I was okay with leaving and doing something else. And of course, I always had this passion for television, right? I was like, I want to do TV. And so because I knew a few reporters, I reached out to them, I said, hey, I'm looking to do some television. Got a job in television, so I started working for TVA ABTB right after two years of radio. So went to TVA ABTB, did that for a year and a half. So started as a reporter, then became a news anchor, and then went back to reporting because I really thought I would love to be a news anchor and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like just reading the news. I wanted to be out. I wanted to be talking to people. I wanted to uh, be cold in minus 40 degree weather with my microphone not working while you're doing a live. That's, I wanted all that excitement. And then I was like, I wanna come home. I wanna come back to, like, I'm done. Like, I'm good. I think I have enough experience. I wanna come home. And I remember telling my boss, hey, do you think like there's an opening in Quebec City, right? I'm in the Tivia, I'm in the Tivia network. Is there any, way I can go to Quebec City? Is there any way I could go to Montreal? Is there any way like, and my boss was like, oh, like there's something in Saguenay, but like he didn't really care, right? He didn't care that I wanted to move up. And so I quit. I quit my job, ladies and gentlemen. I quit everything. I quit journalism and I went to travel for a year. <laughs> I decided I had enough of all of this BS. All I kept getting told was no, 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 no. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to play this game anymore. I'm, I'm out of here. And also, side note, I work at City Today. I applied for the City News VJ position three times and got told no three times. And so fast forward a year later, I'm still at City News. I think I started end of October. My first news story was the fact that Halloween was going to be canceled in Montreal because of rain. And so look at us today, COVID-19, Halloween might still be canceled. So that's kind of like my journey of how like I started at Dawson College to City News. So you can see how, yeah, all over the place. I worked in French, I worked in English, I did social media, I went to Mongolia, I traveled, I quit everything and came home and now I'm a VJ. So TV is very, right, like, hello, good evening, welcome. We are all here listening to the six o'clock news. Whereas now we're in people's homes, we're seeing their living rooms and it's okay that it's a mess. It's 
totally okay. But this is all stuff that you, you're kind of learning day in and day out because you COVID just changes everything for you, changes the job for you. So my colleagues told me being able to adapt. So obviously we had to change our lifestyles and technology, right? To get our product on air. And I like what she says here that we had to learn new tools like Zoom and do these distance interviews. And of course, you know, I'm a big believer in quality, right? So I love a good camera guy. I love a good image. I love learning about how to film and how to pan the right way, right? Um, but with Zoom, we kind of had to lose that sort of quality a little. We had no choice. So is that gonna change the way journalism is gonna be over the next few years? I think so. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay to embrace the change. I learned this at, um, I learned this in radio. When you don't know much about what you're covering, right? Your, your boss, like you're going there and you have no idea. Like I remember in a B2B, the big, you're gonna go on this farm and this farmer is gonna explain to you why his crops did not like grow this year and why it was so important and why it's affecting the economy here in a B2B. And I'd be like, what? I don't know anything about farming. Let them know, say, hey, I have, I need to understand. And I would say this all the time. I'm from Montreal. I need to understand why this is important here. I need to understand why your business is shrinking and why it's affecting everyone around you. Let them know that you need to, you need to understand that. Don't go in there being like, I know everything. Tell them you don't know. Tell them you do not know. And then you're going to get them to trust you. And then they become your allies. They will call you for any other random story because they're going to remember you taking the time and understanding why you're there. Um, the other thing I'd say is to earn the reputation of being really good to work with. Show people you can work under pressure and that you're competent and trustworthy and that you have a good attitude and obviously you have integrity, but show the people around you that you are good to work with. So my first weeks at City, I sucked at being a VJ. I was like, I don't know how to film. I used to, I used to have a camera guy who would make me look pretty. And now I had to do it. And so allow them to critique you and allow yourself to learn from all of it and just accept the critique, accept it and learn from it and work harder the next time. Cause that's really all you can do. And the last thing I'd say is to build those relationships with your sources, to really build those relationships, let them remember you. And I'm going to be honest, even now during COVID, one of the first questions I ask when I get on zoom and don't forget, you guys might, it's your first year at Concordia. You're like, I'm doing all these Zoom things. Everyone is scared. Everyone gets on Zoom and they're like, and they're like this. Everyone's like this. Oh my God, is the lighting okay? And then they're moving and they're like this. Everyone is doing that. And I sit down, I'm like, we're going to get through this together. We're going to do this together. And it's fine. And the kids come in and the husband's coming in and they're freaking out and the dog's barking. And I'm like, it's okay. We're going to redo it. We're going to redo it. We're not live. And you just let them know that you're also human. And I feel like with COVID that has allowed TV to change and to show that we are all in this together. I know it sounds crazy, but we are, we are, and it's fine. It's fine to do that. I mean, look, I don't know if we have any sports fans in here, but we, you know, we have Sportsnet, and one of my favorite stories was showing PK Subban sliding in his, in his room in one of the stories that Toronto did. And I was like, that's so cool. When did we ever get to see PK Subban do that? Not until COVID. So like, it's an adjustment, but it's fun. It's fun. And I've, 
look, I've hated a lot of days where, you know, I've like legit in March, we were working six days a week because the, the demand, we were just overwhelmed with all this information, all the businesses shutting down. And what I can say is that COVID has also allowed people to contact us more, to be like, hey, my business is suffering and I want to talk about it. And those are the best stories. Those are the best stories. The ones where people come to you are the best stories. And I feel like more and more people, they want us to share their stories. And I'm happy because I feel like for a long time, I've been in this industry for almost 10 years. If you calculate like Dawson, whereas at Dawson, if I like try to get like a student to talk to me and be like, hey, I need your opinion. And they didn't want to share. Whereas now everyone on the street has something that they want to say everybody okay so there you have it i guess uh, you can say i am very persistent right i didn't realize how many no's i turned into a possible yes and then eventually a yes and i seriously never gave up and i never give up really but i'm sometimes amazed at how strong i really am right like mentally and i guess it kind of this whole exercise of talking about my journey really reminded me that really whatever you put your mind towards whatever you tell yourself that you will do or that you want to accomplish if you're positive and if you're if you're sure about what you are and who you are and what you bring to the table there's no reason for that no to stay no right turn it into a yes and hell yeah i got to move i got to meet new people i got to share different stories and get out of my comfort zone. And they say, you never grow until you get uncomfortable. I guess I believe it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode this week. I'm so grateful you are here with me. Every Monday, I come out with a brand new one just for you. I want to finish off by saying, don't forget your lipstick. Don't forget to love yourself. Don't forget to smile. Don't forget to be grateful. Don't forget to love. Hit me up on IG anytime at where to next Melina. Bye, my loves. Mwah.